And he's got the personality of a Trisket. Easy. I like Triscuits. Nobody likes Triscuits. You're listening to Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Welcome to episode 173 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is Kim's birthed child, writer, journalist, owner of the Georgia Virtue, Jessica Salagi. I'm sure she's going to love that. Well, she laughed at the comment that I put on, put on, uh, put on her thing last night. Yeah, because y'all are all like besties now because you... <laughs> besties yeah. now, but... Yeah, whatever. I've, I don't think I've heard that term. Birthing person was the subject of conversation instead of saying yeah. mother. Apparently, that's like a new wokeism. Birthing person. Man. That's a good one. How was your week? It was fine. It rained like nonstop, but it was fine. How about you? We had a good bit of rain. It's almost the, the Florida model where, you know, it's sunny for the first part of the morning. Hot, 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 and then just torrential downpour, and then really muggy in the afternoon. Yeah, it's been super muggy here, too, where you're just like, I can't even, can't breathe. Oh, yeah. And that's when daddy does his business. When it's, oh. 90, when it's 95 degrees outside and 98% humidity, that's when you appreciate air conditioning. Ugh. I, I do profit off the suffering of others. Well, congrats. <laughs> so, we have a petty penny pincher. A man dumped 80,000 pennies on a Virginia family's front lawn as a final child support payment. Avery Sanford and her mother turned what happened into be a, a uh, spiteful gesture, or what appeared to be a spiteful gesture, into a loving one. This, of course, this caught my caught my eye after the the last check penny incident in Peachtree City. Yeah, this one was in ago. Virginia. <clears throat> Thank goodness it wasn't Georgia. It's a. It's really cool. They they donated the whatever it is eight hundred bucks to a family a domestic uh, uh, violence center, which I th- which I thought was really cool. Uh, I guess the the daughter and the father had been estranged for several years. Uh, there was there was an ugly note about you know your final your final uh, uh, child support payment because uh, the high school senior had recently turned uh, eighteen. Well, the note wasn't to her; it was to her mother. Right. Yeah, and he he in the interview he he said he did, meant it as a slight to his ex wife, not his daughter. Yeah, I uh, I I agree that it was a good cause, but I think it's very poor taste on the part of the news to report it because they're clearly going like carrying out. This isn't. This isn't like. We're, I mean, it's a family dispute and the daughter and I don't know. You're not supposed to carry out people's grudges. No, and I think it encourages other people to do it. Just I guarantee you he got the idea. Oh, sure. From, from the story in Petrie City. And look, we've heard stories about this before. People paying their traffic fines and change. Or, or their, their taxes and change. Yeah, socking it to the government by... Yeah. Being Br- petty. Yeah, bringing them wheelbarrows full of pennies. <clears throat> I don't know where you find that many pennies. I was thinking about that because obviously it's $800, but I was thinking about how long it would take because you'd have to get bank, you'd have to get go to the bank over time to right. either ensure that that was correct or, you know, circle back. You think of one roll of pennies is 50 cents. So, guy rents like a, a a trailer or a truck or something. He goes through so much effort to to do, to do this, to make it as inconvenient as possible for his for his ex wife. Yeah, 
But I mean, I obviously it was the daughter. Like instead of just making it about yeah, so a child support payment went to domestic. Like she went into how they had been, you know, on bad terms, and then he had to give a comment about years of bent up, built up frustration and emotions overcoming his judgment, and he doesn't want this to further drive a wedge between him and his daughter. Like. And the news puts all this in there. It's all unfolding. And she talks about how it's embarrassing for him to have dumped all these pennies in their yards. Well, you you, you blasted it to a national headline. It was on WSB in Georgia. Give me right. a break. Not cool. And, no, no, I, I'm sure it is embarrassing for her. I'm sure it was, but it, it, I'm sure it compounds the embarrassment. Now, if anybody Googles her name, that story is going to come up. Yeah. You know, you know, five years from now when she's out of college and she's sitting down for a job interview and and they Google her name like, oh, you're the penny chick. <clears throat> Which I guess Hopefully. Tr- truly not pennies. It's it's a one cent piece. As you like to correct me on petty things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even deny it. <laughs> <laughs> so your COVID-19 unemployment check may have ended up overseas. And not because you were doing too much online shopping. You found this story. I did. I did. I, I filed this under, you think? Uh, a report last week from Axios estimates that up to $400 billion in unemployment fraud during the pandemic, with the bulk of the money likely ending up in the hands of foreign crime syndicates. Dun, dun, dun. So... Government handouts end up in fraud. I wonder who has said that before. Let's say every small government person ever. Four hundred billion is a big number. And look, and any fraud is wrong. The least amount of fraud is wrong. But the governments were were in such a rush to hand out as much money as possible, as fast as possible, when all they had to do was just stay out of the way and not shut things down. It was never government's role to shut things down. So, the I guess it's they're an, a fraud prevention company, the ID.me. They said that 50% of unemployment money was stolen. and But they don't really give like a definition because, I mean, if someone received it here and they unlawfully received it, I mean, I would consider that theft. So sure. I don't necessarily think that 50% of all the money doled out went to crime syndicates in China, Nigeria, and Russia. But they're talking about how it's a matter of national security. I mean, are they suggesting that bots created accounts and then collected unemployment benefits? It's quite possible. Uh, it's possible that... Now, that I did hear... Of course, these are anecdotal stories of dead people receiving benefits. Uh, it's in that, and that's same thing, dead people voting. And I, I don't know, that certainly doesn't make up $400 billion worth of it, but there was so much quote unquote free money flying around. They're just now starting to catch up with it. This is 15 months later. They're just now catching up to finding out that this happened. Not that they have any suspects, but that it happened. They're just now finding out over the last 15 months that when the government starts cutting checks, and this is not including any other type of fraud, <clears throat> the PPP fraud, uh, and, and, and we know there was. I think uh, I think it was Ken Poland who's been, who guest hosted the show with us, and uh, uh, I think he pointed out how many, I can't remember if it was, if it was barber shops or whatever, are in a, a small county. And, and, you, and all this is public record. And you, you see, I've been in Paulding County for 16 years. I pull that up. I'm, I'm seeing companies I've never heard of. Sure. And, I, and not that I know everybody in Paulding County. <clears throat> no, but, but you 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 hear names and. Right. And, and you see a sense of familiarity. Yeah. And even when this was going on, we saw these multi-million dollar companies were first in line. And I'm not saying billion dollar companies, they had a different thing going on, but like Ruth's Chris was first in line to get a PPP loan. Uh, the, these big companies, because they have the relationships with the banks, were the 
first ones in line because who do you take care of? You take care of your big clients first. It was a, it was a feeding frenzy to suck off the government teat. And we, and there's there's going to be a ton of fraud with that. Not to mention the the, I think there will be some public scorn that goes along with some of these names coming out of how much money these these folks were handed out, and when we find, when we find out how much was was forgiven. And look, there were some legitimate companies that that stayed open, mom and pop restaurants that were able to stay open and continue to pay their staff. <clears throat> now I'm guessing some of the fraud from this is going to be people who continue to be employed and still filed for unemployment. They just there was such a deluge of applications coming in, they couldn't. There's no way they they could vet every one of them. Is rubber stamp. And and with stuff going overseas, there's just there's gonna be no way to prosecute it. No. The unfortunate part is, I mean, none of the money. It's all just printed money. <laughs> right. But again, four hundred billion is a big number, big big number. And I know government doesn't even like to get involved until we until we put a, a T on the on on the number. <clears throat> Please God, don't tell government what comes after trillion. What does come after trillion? I'm guessing quadrillion. Hmm. But that's math is too big for my little head. So Screven County's big old problem with bidding. Hmm. This one this Obviously I've been spending a little bit more time in Screven County lately. If you don't if you've never been to Screven, you should visit. Um have you ever been to Screven County, Dave? Oh, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I don't, I don't, not that I purposely went to Screven County. Hmm. May have been okay, through it. So, probably not, though. So there was a commission meeting last week, and we knew this was coming because they had been talking about it for a couple months. And But they, they just um, quickly drafted the resolution to fix how they do their bidding. So to give a little background... Um, in going back to 1949, they had this policy that said um, they had to bid any project or purchase or contract over $500. Otherwise, um, they didn't have to bid it and the county manager or county uh, clerk, whoever was in charge at the time, could just buy it without any oversight. And that's pretty much the standard, you know, there's there's usually a limit. Of course, 1949, $500 is a lot different than now. So most places have upped it to 2000 or 2500 And um, I don't think anyone disagreed that the amount for, you know, without needing board, because it's not a full-time board, without needing board oversight needed to be increased um, because of the cost of goods. You know, a county manager, they're supposed to manage the day-to-day operations. So if something happens and they need to buy a part or buy, you know, I don't know, a lawnmower or a computer or something in an emergency, they that needs to be something that can be done without the board having to have a special called meeting. So, of course, they have a new commissioner and, and um, she's made some some waves because she's asked a lot of questions and she's challenging them because a lot of their most of their problems are rooted in the fact that they haven't updated their policy since 1949 or so. And so she's been trying to hold them to bidding and getting bids for contracts and purchases. And the commissioners, by and large, have said, no, we don't want to or we're not going to. And then there was this narrative for a while that they had updated the ordinance um, sometime in the last like 10 to 15 years, but nobody could find a copy of it. The city or the county attorney said that he had done it, but he didn't have a copy of it. And just this. And so they kept. Whoa, whoa. So they're basically like me trying to return something to Walmart. Give your receipt. Oh, man, it was here. Let me go check my glove box. I know I had it somewhere. Right. And and so and again, like if they had done that, that would have been fine. And. You know, but that's not what's on the official record with the state, because when you change your ordinances like those types of ordinances, um, you you have to go. You have to file with the secretary of state because it's governing your constitutional body. So um, and and there was no record of it anywhere. And so she's like, you know, this uh, this commissioner's like, I appreciate that. You know, you said you did that. But 
So when she kept pushing back on them, they're like, fine, we'll just do it again. So they they come up with this resolution to amend the ordinance or and say, you know, we're not going to bid... We're not going to do any bids anymore. We're going to raise the amount to $5,000, which personally I think is a little bit high, but whatever. Um, so the county manager can do whatever he or she wants up to $5,000. And we don't have to bid anything unless we vote to bid it. So basically saying like, unless we come here and take a vote saying, yeah, we want to bid that, there aren't, there isn't going to be any bidding on anything, no matter how much it costs. And so y- you're basically eliminating that's not a recipe for fraud at all well the whole point of bidding is to get the best price and to keep your vendors honest too i mean you know there's things like um with the auditors of course they have contracts for that and and everyone knows you don't want a new auditor every year because then you're not comparing apples to apples so a lot of times you go for three-year contracts and you know there's certain things that make sense um to have in a in an agreement, but <clears throat> it, it you just, also, you obviously get a better, better price with a longer contract. Uh, you should. Yes. It, t- depending on what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's, it's the Costco model. Sure. So, so they have this resolution and, and of course there's lots of discussion on it ends up, they take a vote on it in a vote of four to two. It, it is passed. They just pass a resolution and, and call it a day. Now, here's where it gets muddy. Like, that's bad enough. It's bad enough that you're taking away your bidding process because the whole reason that this was prompted is because some local vendors wanted to bid on a trash contract. And whether or not they were equipped or have the resources to meet the standards, you know, laid out in the in the bid, they wanted the opportunity. And instead of giving the opportunity, the commissioners passed this resolution to say, we don't have to bid it. So, of course, the optics of that are terrible. But what's even worse and is that this could not be passed by resolution because and the, and the, the attorney cited this in his resolution that he drafted for them to vote on because it because it was um, created by an act of local legislation in the legislature. It either it has to be either, you know, approved in the legislature again or you can do the home rule way, which is where you advertise it in the paper Um you know, have public hearing on it because you're changing how the governing body operates. Now, I did something that I don't always do. And I reached out to a commissioner before the meeting and told this commissioner, not the one who's been causing all the problems, another one. Um, and I say problems like I that's the person who's been vocal, not necessarily causing problems, but you know what I mean. But I reached out and I said, hey, I think you guys are headed down a path that will make this not a legal vote. And I just wanted to maybe try to avoid that. So here's the law. Here's what ACCG on the Association of County Commissioners of Georgia says about it. I'm I'm giving you this. Please consider it. And the commissioner was like, yes, absolutely. I'm sending it over to the, the county attorney. County attorney says she's wrong. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Next day, they vote on it four to two and pass it into law. Let me tell you something. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I can read and 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 his, like if, if he had not referenced that it had been passed by local legislation, if he was just re- relying on the fact that they had done it, but they can't find it, maybe he would have an argument. But it says in the resolution that he wrote that it was created by Georgia House Bill 254 and enacted as local legislation by the legislature of the state of Georgia in 1949. And that is what their records say. That is what the secretary of state's office references. And. The Georgia state constitution says that if you're going to amend an act that was approved by the legislature, you've got to run it in the meeting or got to run in the paper and have meetings not 60, more than 60 days apart. And you've got to give the public an opportunity. Not that it would change the vote, but I'll be darned if you're going to just ram it through and pretend like it's just this measly little resolution, like it's not a big deal. It's a pretty damn big deal. Yeah. Now, the... Uh the condescending nature from the county county attorney. No, she's wrong. She doesn't know what she's talking about. You know, she's a layperson. I'm the attorney. I obviously know how, I know how to handle this. You just listen to me. You can do it. It's fine. Well, and I, I talked to the commissioner that I had given the information to after the meeting because he was like, 
<laughs> please don't blast me in the article. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's not my, I'm not going to blast you because I know that you made the effort to, to tell the attorney, but I said, you know, I'm going to point out that the attorney gave you bad advice. And I, and I included all the documents that I gave to the commissioner in the article because I think it's important. And I think, and if, if I was wrong, I would like another, like, I would like someone to point it out, but it's really clear. And AC, so not only is it in the state constitution, it's in this ACCG manual that they give to all county commissioners and county attorneys. And they say like, if this, then that, if this, then that they break it down in like Kmart terms so that you have the best opportunity to not break the law. And here's what the problem is. The problem is not the reason that I, I really thought it was important, which is why I went to the, them behind the scenes, because I think something like this should be done right. So it's not about me getting to point out that it's right. I really wanted them to do the right thing. But here's the bigger problem is that they pass this, but it's not going to be binding. And if somebody were to try to like push them to bid or something like it's not they could get sued and they're going to lose. Man. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem with the $5,000 limit and the the reason reason on that. I know I know that was kind of an ancillary thing is that's about how much a transmission costs on a, on a vehicle. Oh, I can attest to that. So you shouldn't have to have a, a if, if you lose the transmission, especially in a small county where you know, you may not have a, a bunch of vehicles sitting on the side that they can someone just go and grab. If you need to put a new a new tranny in, that 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 that's about the right right price. If you, if you need to do a vehicle repair, right? Uh, and, and and but, but it's but, not so much that you could put a new roof on the county complex. No, and the county has. I mean, the budgets, the county budget, like department budgets, have emergency costs for things like you're talking about. I don't disagree. I'm not the 5,000. Like it seemed a little high to me because they only have a $12 million annual budget. So in the scheme of counties and cities around the state, it's small, but that wasn't the deal breaker. Like if someone was like, I don't want to do this. I'm not I'm like, nobody was like, I'm not voting on it because of the amount. Nobody said that. And none of the people in the public were really that upset about it. Their contention was you're getting rid of the bidding process. And you know, the only things they really bid are, um, road projects now because that's governed by state law but the optics the optics are so bad you you should even if even if every local vendor doesn't have the bond the insurance the equipment if they can't meet the standards who cares let them try they're local and that's your community and you should give them the opportunity right if someone wants to go out and spend the money to to get get the bond they need, pick up the equipment they need, so that they can they can compete with. And I think this uh, this company that that they brought the brought the situation to a head is from out of the county, and of course all these small counties. And I don't know if I would call Paulding small, but there's a focus on keeping the money in Paulding, and I'm sure it's the same thing in Scriven, keeping the money local. It, but the wow. get, getting rid of bidding process besides being horrible optics, is a recipe for kickbacks and fraud. It's a huge liability too. It just is. If you don't have to if you don't have to compete with anybody, you can set your own prices. Yeah. It's super disappointing. And you know, it, it's 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 a slap in the face to do it. And then it's a slap in the face to do it illegally and and i obviously in my coverage pointed out that it was illegal i didn't write in the article and i didn't tell most people that i that i went to the commissioner because i think that might disappoint them more that to know that like it was pointed out and and it still went that way but well the the good thing that i that i'm hearing out of out of the story is they do have a commissioner that that dissents and I think that's that's very important. It's when, for instance, here there's a huge focus on unity with with the commission and getting along and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't care if you guys grab coffee in the morning. I don't care if if you go to each other's kids' weddings and stuff. I don't care that you get along. But I don't want a five member commission all all voting the same way. Because that tells me that you're making the deal behind closed doors 
and you're coming out with with a unified front and this this is what's going to happen and it's and it's all theater i i want dissent i want people to to disagree on things particularly when they're spending my money i want there to be pushback when when the chairman brings the budget out i want someone going what is this no this line item is is ridiculous this is way out of proportion i want somebody pushing back on them i don't want them coming out and going uh, motion to approve the commissioner's budget all in favor i motion carries I, I i don't want that i you know it's it's good for scriven they've got somebody who's who's highlighting this and and making sure that 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 people know that it's not they're just not running roughshod over the taxpayer well it's i told someone in conversation a lot of times it's not about elected officials doing exactly what we think they should do or the way they like i mean of course i i expect you to do it legally i i don't and i really don't think that's asking too much but it's it, uh, more times than not it's about letting people be heard and and then acknowledging that you heard them and and that's why explain and this is at all levels of government but that's why explaining why you voted a certain way is important. It, it's like people act like that's such a that's such a burden. And, you know, I, I shouldn't have to explain myself. Well, no, you don't legally have to. But if you do, people will understand where you're coming from. And it, if they don't agree with you, they might be like, well, it, I can respect their reasoning behind it. Otherwise, they think you're just a corrupt liar. Right. Look, here's the thing. I can disagree with your vote but but if if you're a principal person you say okay well that's how you got to that decision and overall i, I like what you're doing I, i'm going to continue to, to support you you know i don't expect at any level of government any anybody i that's elected to fall in line with everything that i want or everything every you know i would have voted this way i, I do because i'm right all the time yes 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 God Almighty, you are Connie's clone. <laughs> uh, but right, be able to explain where you're coming from, and it's something that that you get when you have a personal relationship with people within your government. Is they will sit down and explain well, why did you do this? Well, let me tell you what wasn't said, or you know, getting into the deep dive on this. Let me show you why we had to do this. Uh, people get upset with, you know, why are you paying this? Well, let me explain what the contract says. Let me explain what state law says we have to do and what the state law says says we can't do. And we have to stay within these confines. So that's why I voted the way I, I did is we were legally obligated to do this, this, and this. So I, but the, this whole, how dare you question me, you silly peasant. No, thanks sucks it does it does and it's i don't know how long it takes for uh, someone elected at at whatever level to to get that mentality but it seems like it, it, it certainly happens to where i shouldn't have to come explain myself speaking of elected officials we have georgia's commissioner of agriculture running for u.s senate in hopes of ultimately taking on Raphael Warnock. Yeah, because the guy who's been overseeing whether or not our gas pumps are inspected and whether or not to decide if flocks of chickens should be slaughtered as a whole should is going to do a fantastic job as a United States senator. The guy who thinks that onions should be patented and the government should hold that patent. Give me a freaking break. There is, I would vote for Warnock before I voted for Gary Black. At least we know what Warnock believes. Gary Black's like a freaking ping. What is that? pinball inside one of those boingy machines. Yeah, and it keeps his office way too hot. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I <laughs> I went to a meeting this one time when I worked at the Capitol. I went to a meeting with a legislator and Gary Black and a couple people from his office. And it was so hot in there. I was having a hard time staying awake. Oh man, we were in there for a meeting uh, with with leadership holding, and you know we're it's day at the Capitol, so you know I'm in a suit, tie, 
it it was I think it was wintertime. So it was fairly cool outside. So so you know everybody's dressed for the weather, and you get inside uh, Mr. Black's office, and uh, first thing to come off are all the jackets, and and Commissioner Black is there. He's got like a sweater on and a jacket on and a tie. And, you know, jackets are coming off, ties are getting undone, sleeves are getting rolled. And we're just, I'm just dying in there, man. And I, and I work in attics. Not with addicts, but with in addicts. Ha! <laughs> ha! But he has two Republicans at this point that are going to be running against him. Uh, Kelvin King and Latham Sadler, both military veterans, uh, Huh. So he, he's certainly not jumping in alone. It, I would expect that to be another crowded field, which does not necessarily get us the. Gary Black can't beat Warnock. Candidate. I'm sorry. He's worse than Leffler. And he's got the personality of a Trisket. Easy. I like Triscuits. Nobody likes Triscuits. I mean, nobody likes Triscuits. I like Triscuits. Oh, you're wrong there. We're going to do do a deep Mm -hmm. dive into wheat-based crackers. Wrong. (laughs) No, and you know, and another reason that I I wouldn't actually vote for Warnock, so I I do want to be clear about that. And I'm hoping that there's going to be a libertarian running, but um, because by and large in, in the Senate, that's who I would like to see. But moving from the executive branch to the legislative branch usually doesn't go well. Right. Ah, yes, he's in the executive branch. It's not like he's he's a governor. Well, we had Zigzag Zell go from governor to senator. Yeah, he did a great job, didn't he? You know, he wasn't the most offensive Democrat up there. That's not saying much, David. No, it's not. But uh, he got he got the the moniker Zigzag Zell because to use your analogy of the, of the pinball machine or pachinko machine of bouncing around on issues. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Is as, as uh, Miller was known to stick his finger in the air, uh, see which way the political wind was blowing, and okay, may adjust my sails and go that way. Because he apparently liked being elected more than he more than he had principle. Yeah. I was surprised. Uh, I, I don't think uh, Black is as old as, as he looks mm-hmm. or acts. I think he's I think he's only in his like 60s. Yeah, I just remember, uh, I think it was in 2015, maybe early 2016. That was when we had yet another avian flu scare. And there were a bunch of poultry farms around our state that they were mandating testing. And he ordered the slaughter of entire farms worth of chickens before the test results came back. And there were at least, I think, I think three farms where the chickens weren't infected and they had slaughtered the entire flock and the farmers were out money. Um, (laughs) We've already, I mean, our state's already like in the chicken price fixing racket. We, we set the price index for the entire country. So, I mean, I can't help but think that. And and his he's shown in his office that he has no problem being vindictive with with his authority. So he, absolutely not. Veto Gary Black. Hope he drops out. I'm, said he's, I'm just glad you said out. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> Speak, speaking of vindictive. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't think he's he's a uh, a viable candidate here. I don't think he's got the name recognition. Most people, because I don't even know that he's had a, a primary challenger lately. Most people in the state just look at the R next to his name. They have no idea what what the hell Gary Black does. Uh, they 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 see his name on the gas pumps. They, they, most people don't have a frame of reference for the chicken slaughter, as you put it. Leading the chickens to slaughter. Well, I mean, I know they're going to uh, die anyway, but they, the, at least when you kill them, like, we no, it's believe. The, it's, it's the financial Yes, impact. and, pe- and, it's, it's, and the, it's the government saying, you got to do it right now. Okay, if you're going to kill the entire flock, what does it matter if you wait a week or so? There's no one else they're going to infect during that time period. The entire farm was quarantined. Right. 
No, I get it. I get it. Uh, it he exceeds his authority. The the agricultural commissioner should not have the authority to unilaterally order the slaughter of livestock. It's not the role of government. And if that's what he thinks the role of government is, what the hell would he do in the Senate? This is a good time to remind you, these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. The next story is one that isn't necessarily underreported, but is certainly under-discussed. Justice did with tech companies and journalists under the Trump administration. The, the Washington Post was the first to reveal uh, in early May that Trump's DOJ sought phone records from several of its reporters from the time period in uh, 2017. This is, again, this is the year that Trump took office. He took office in January of 2017. CNN uh, reported that the DOJ DOJ, uh, secretly obtained phone and email records from Pentagon correspondent Barbara Starr from June 1 to July 31st, 2017. And then there's, this has been like a steady thing in the headlines, which is why it to me doesn't make sense that it's not really being discussed as much. I mean, I understand that people hate the mainstream media. Um, I personally don't like them because of what it's like, how difficult I think it's made my job. Like, of course, I don't have a problem earning the trust of my readers, but I hate that I have to work so hard to do it because they like I like people that question everything, but I hate that they are so skeptical because they've been deceived so many times or had a story embellished. Like that's a terrible reason to have to prove yourself, especially when I didn't do it, you know? So I hate the mainstream media for what they've done to reporting plus they focus on all the wrong things and everything else. But what's happening here and the policies that are in place with the DOJ that aren't exclusive to the Trump administration, mind you, it's just that's what's most recent in the frame of reference is disgusting because if, you know, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but it's all about like whistleblowers and things that they were reporting. Um, I'm supposed to like the media is supposed to have some sort of protection. If they're not being investigated, then don't don't. If, they didn't, if they're not being investigated for committing crime, then leave their alone. I'm very curious to find out, and we never will, about what they presented in order to get the subpoenas. Well, they won't even release what exactly they were reporting. I mean, investigating, excuse me. Right. And that's, but that's, that's the deal is, is these secret courts that, offer, that, that, Authorized Pfizer warrants and things like that. We is nothing. Nothing is in is ever in the public arena. Even you know this is years after at this point. We, we don't. We have no idea what kind of evidence was presented to the court. What what judge authorized this? Because it'd be the DOJ can't just go get those records. They have, they have to go before a judge or a panel of judges and get a subpoena for those records to get the metadata to, to obtain those records. And what's the standard here? Do we have a probable cause? No, it doesn't. Because we don't, we don't we know. Don't, we don't even we don't know that if we do or not. So, so right. from the. We talked about the Washington Post. I mean, you touched on the Washington Post and CNN. And and again, I get that people don't like these. And on the New York Times this is the next one we're going to talk about. I get that people don't like them. But if you're a principled individual, you don't care who the victim is. You just care about what the right thing is and what the constitutional thing is. And the New York Times, they um, the phone records of four of their reporters from January 14th to April 30th, 2017, were seized after they were granted, an order, a judge ordered it. Um, I think the name that people recognize the most is Adam Goldman, but the DOJ also got um, a court order to seize the logs of their emails, but they didn't get any, like the companies that hosted the emails didn't 
turn over the records. And thank God. And the newspaper in the, in that situation, the, the New York Times, um, they said, you know, of course, it was just speculation, but they said they believe the Justice Department was looking into um, one of the articles they had written about Comey and how he handled the presidential election investigations. And specifically, um, it was, I guess, an April 2017 article about his decision um, not to charge Clinton and her use of you know, private email servers and all that. And they said that that article mentioned a classified document that had um, that they had obtained. And they I guess they mentioned that the memo was from a Democratic operative expressing confidence that then Attorney General Loretta Lynch could keep the investigation in check. And that was, again, 2017. And the DOJ never released what they were looking into. And when The Hill questioned them about it, I guess, like a week ago, two weeks ago, they said in a statement, this is this is hilarious. Um, As part of a criminal investigation into the unauthorized disclosure of classified information, the journalists were neither subjects nor the targets of the investigation. Then why the were you investigating requesting their information? And under what law do you have the right to obtain it? That's and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is you now you take press out of it. It it just it, take press out of it. Do you want your private emails? Uh, I, I'm investigating somebody that uh, you may or may not have had contact with, but I'm going to find out if you had contact with them by subpoenaing all your emails and your phone records. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what, what judge in his right mind signed off on this. This, well, you, this, this rubber you brought up that we're just, so I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to touch on something before you go on. You, you brought up a point about forget, take the press out of it. That's exactly right. Because there is no distinction between an individual and the press. The press has no additional protections than the individual because the press is the people and the people are the press like the first amendment is just is right so i i don't understand and 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 your and your fourth amendment right because they are seizing your information what is essentially your intellectual problem you don't get to find out until after if you find out. Well, apparently there's some DOJ practice where they're where they are telling people because um, and I'm jumping ahead here, but there's two Democratic state reps or congressmen who, I guess, in May asked Attorney General Merrick Garland to end the practice. And and so, you know, I, I don't like making assumptions, but one would surmise that you know, under a new administration, because because all of this happened under Jeff Sessions and then it, some of it was continued. But the noble tyrant, Lord Sessions, did this. But if you if it carried over like this, I'm 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 inclined to believe that. It's a it's a policy that they're that they adhere to yeah and that's the thing is if you have to be principled and you don't like it when it's going after uh the new york times and you're not you're not happy when it's going after an individual you're not happy with it when it's a uh a a trump administration and you're not happy with it if it's a, a biden administration it's a principle thing that's why parties aren't mentioned in the constitution it's why the restrictions are on government itself, not who's in charge of it. You have a right to be to be secure in your papers. And in today's digital age, those papers are your emails, your personal files, the your phone records. Those those are all your personal records. They belong to you. No matter who houses them. And the government doesn't get to go in and just peruse them. Well, and and I have no doubt that Sessions was acting at the direction of Trump, particularly when, um, you know, it started, what, January 14th of 17 and, and went through April. A lot of the subpoenas did. But um, 
And so I, I'm not going to give him plausible deniability to say, oh, well, you know, he doesn't he doesn't he can't possibly know everything that's going on. I have no doubt that he, it was through um, at his direction. But I, I'm, I'm not dumb enough to think that he's the only president or only administration to have ever done this as if it's not happening right now and as if conservatives have not been the target of this stuff, too. The problem is the way that people are taking it instead of saying this is wrong because it's simply wrong. People like Pelosi come out and say it has come. It's become public that the Trump administration sought account metadata because I'm jumping into another story, which we're going to cover in a second, but of House Intelligence Committee members and their staff and family. The news um, of the Trump administration Justice Department is harrowing. The actions appear to be yet in another egregious assault, assault on our democracy waged by the former president. I support Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff's call for an investigation transparency is essential, blah, blah, blah. First of all, we know she doesn't believe that because this they've all known this is coming. These people have known that their their stuff was um, subpoenaed and seized a long time ago. But it, you know, they the Democrats took over the White House and, and all these cabinets appointments in January. And nobody has said this will absolutely not happen under this administration. They're just encouraging them to end the practice. So don't make right. it about the Trump administration. Did the Trump administration do it? Yes. Was it wrong? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter who's in charge. It's Our protections are, are against government or from government, not Trump or Biden or anybody else. And absolutely, Congress should pass a law prohibiting this sort of thing. You should, Congress shouldn't have to pass a damn law. We... We did one a, a couple hundred years ago, 250 years ago almost. Uh, so that is, that's it, period. It's you, the government doesn't have the right to rifle through your personal effects just to see if you've done anything wrong. There, there has to be some sort of evidence up front to, to get that, to get that subpoena. And we'll never find out what that evidence is because it'll be sealed and it'll come out on some uh, uh, in some report in half a century long after I'm dead. That's there's 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 nothing keeping these 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 judges in check. There's nobody going back and reviewing it. Go. What's the justification for this judge? Because DOJ can ask for anything they want. It's up to the judge to approve it or deny it. So the other story, and again, like it's members of Congress um, that this happened to, but it goes further than that. And I think that's where people, if you don't want to be ticked about who it happened to, you could be ticked about the, you know, I guess the inadvertent victims of it. Um, The most recent story that came out last week was that, Trump administration officials subpoenaed Apple for data on accounts belonging to at least two Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee, congressional aides, and their family members, and one of them was a minor. Yeah, I mean, look, twelve people total. If you're doing a, if you're doing a, a security check, uh, how 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 do you how the hell do you get to get do you subpoena a kid's records? Other than mommy or daddy signed for their uh, for their cell phone plan, sure. But I mean, like, but specifically to target to target a child. But Apple dun, 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 turned over the metadata and the account information, like who owned it. But they didn't turn over photos, emails, or any other content, which I'm proud of them for doing. Because it is on the companies. I mean, people don't realize like how much authority i guess or that's probably not the right word leeway i mean the companies can refuse to turn stuff over unless the like unless the law enforcement agency makes a compelling case even facebook if you read their policy on subpoenas and stuff like if of course if there's a pressing need law enforcement but they make law enforcement um demonstrate that there is a compelling need to either remove something or to provide something. Right. And the thing is, 
okay, look, there, there's, there's a bomb. We, uh, uh, the ticking. Let's go with the the twenty four, the twenty four <laughs> model. Tick, 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 tick. Power, power. We've got to. We, yes, yes. Which I couldn't watch that show because you know there's no way he could cross L.A. four times in an hour. Um, it would take twenty four just to get across L.A. County. Uh, you know, that sort of situation is is what law enforcement likes to hang out there. But this is this was not pressing. They're looking for a leak, and whether and it wasn't that they were looking for uh, someone who was leaking national security stuff. It's they were looking for somebody who embarrassed them. Well, and our country has been, I mean, a lot of very important things over the last couple centuries have come as a result of whistleblowers and leaked classified documents. And I have a really hard time believing that the classified document that they're referencing in that story was a matter of national security. Of course not. And and I think we've had the discussion, or maybe it was with Matt. I mean, aren't we on different sides of the story with Snowden because you, you believe that some of the stuff that he released was, that he turned it over to enemies? Is that you? No, no. The 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 problem I had uh, wasn't Snowden. It was uh, Assange. Whichever one. I, well, no, it wasn't. It was Snowden was when he when he revealed that the government was collecting metadata on citizens within the United mm-hmm. States. Whistleblower. When he released the intelligence gathering okay. operations during one of the summits, that's that's a right. problem because that is that's that is well within the operational uh, uh, capabilities and responsibilities of foreign intelligence. And I'm, I'm with you because it, it, it was it's stuff that's like relevant right now. Like, you know how some of the JFK documents and stuff are still sealed, classified and things like that. Like there's no imminent threat because of what happened there and, and the Bay of Pigs and all that. Like those things aren't right now. But what you're talking about, there's a relevancy to it in a time sensitive. Like those programs and stuff are still in place. I I understand. But we are not talking about that with the Russia stuff. No, and, we're not. And look, I, I, I never believed the, the Russia story to begin with. The, but that's neither here nor there. Is this is not this is not trying to find find out who's who was uh, doxing uh, agents in the field with within the CIA. That this is this was not someone who's putting troops in danger by by releasing uh, information on on methods methods and tactics. Uh, this is not what's what's going on. This is this was a a hunt to find out who embarrassed. Right, them. but and it doesn't matter why. There has to be there has to be a compelling reason to do it. And but the remedy how the, the remedy hell? is to go after the government agent who leaked the document. It is not to go after the recipient ever. Right, and, but that's but that's what they were they were they were going about it backwards. They were they were going to the recipient, and then trying to trace back to who the sender was. And if you could get the recipient to 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 cooperate, that that's a that's a fine tactic. But to sneak around their emails and look, we know JFK uh, ordered uh, and Hoover ordered bugging and tracking of Martin Luther King because uh, he was they suspected him to be a communist. And listening to those phone calls, uh, bugged his hotel rooms, and it became apparent that uh, after a while it, that it was a useless operation. But because this guy was a rabble rouser and making waves within a, a government, uh, an unjust government system, he became the target of an investigation by probably the most oppressive F- FBI director this, this this country's ever known, and J. Edgar Hoover. So this is this is not a new story. It's just it's new technology. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. Right. And it's an abuse by our federal government and and people don't care because of who's being abused. And that's the most sickening part about it to me. I mean, I expect the government to violate rights. I expect the government to do things that are nefarious and malicious and detrimental to what we used to be as a country. I, I I expect that I the public they're getting dumber by the day. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, they are. 
Because this is hard to digest. When you see a government abuse on the side of a road and, and you, you, see, you see a police officer beating somebody up, that's something that, that people can digest. That's wrong. That's, you're oppressing that person's rights. This is the, and that's, and that's awful and that, that shouldn't happen. But this is something that affects every single person. The government can decide, we're, we're just going to check into you and come up with some BS reason to dive into your phone calls, your emails, your texts, and dig through them to see just if uh, just how American you are. This is KGB level stuff. This is what we, our Constitution is supposed to protect us from. This is what the Bill of Rights is designed to protect us from. Though they didn't see the, the technology, it was acknowledged by our founding fathers that a powerful central government has the, has the ability to oppress the people. And we need to give them protections. We have to give them the, the right to speak up. We have to give them the ability to arm themselves against an oppressive government. We need to protect them against unreasonable search and seizure. That's why those protections are in place. And using some closed door uh, process for, for justifying probable cause is absolutely disgusting. And the judges need to be held accountable. Oh. But how? How do you hold them accountable? Because we don't know who the hell they are. We don't know which judge signed off on it. We don't know what evidence was presented. All we know is they got a subpoena. So now they're within their legal right to dig around in your emails. The feds. <laughs> and the Fed. <laughs> so Jessica, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, speaking of the feds and what a great job they're doing, <laughs> this is another story that's kind of been like under discussed. But did you know that over the last year and a half, 29 prisoners have escaped from federal facilities, penitentiaries, and and half of them are still on the run. Like, I, I know not. that that doesn't seem like, I mean, when you consider how many dang people are um, in incarcerated, it, but it makes me laugh because like your only job is to keep them inside. And where's Tommy Lee Jones when we need him? <laughs> but. <laughs> Check every doghouse, farmhouse, barn house. Interesting. Nice tidbit. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know how, just so I file that away, just in case they come for well, us. Oppose, so apparently, so apparently, apparently in one of the Texas uh, facilities, like the local law enforcement, it has happened so many times recently that they they call it like the open door policy over there. <laughs> Y'all come back now. Well, the only thing I've got is if you like what you heard, please like and share us on social media. Inflict us on your friends. If we got something wrong, uh, Tiffany will tell you. Tiffany will tell me. Dusty <laughs> will tell me. Poor Connie. <laughs> There's my close up. Poor, poor Connie. So for Eric Cumbie, our editor, for Jessica Salaji, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week.